Welcome back to the Women of Marvel podcast, where we assemble to chat all things Marvel and more. Hey guys, it's Judy. Um, sadly, we do not have Sana with us for this, but we have Sana later on in the episode. We had the opportunity to go out to LA a few weeks ago and record this amazing interview with three epic women who work with Marvel Studios and have been a part of the history of the last 10 years. We invited Danielle Costa, who is the VP of Visual Effects, Heidi Moneymaker, who is a stunt woman and stunt double for Scarlett Johansson. And we had Wendy Craig, who uh, started out as a wardrobe supervisor and is now the costume archiver from Marvel Studios. We talked about how they all broke into the industry and sort of their history within the 10 years at Marvel Studios and all the different films they worked on. Plus, we talked about what advice they would have for fellow women and men out there who want to work in the industry in all of their different spectrums. And with no further ado, here's our interview. So in honor of the 10th anniversary, uh, we actually have some really incredible guests that we're excited to share with all of you. Yeah, this is something that we've been wanting to do for a few years. So I'm actually really excited to have three different women who work in the different spectrums that is filmmaking. Um, first and foremost, we have Heidi Moneymaker. She is Scarlett Johansson's stunt double. Woo! So cool. <laughs> I mean, she can kick all of her butts. <laughs> like, I wouldn't. Multiple times, but she's nice. And then we have Danielle Costa, who is the VP of visual effects for Marvel Studios. Yay! So smart. So she, she makes all those shiny film stuff happen, like, you know, walking down the street and suddenly a blue screen, a green screen becomes a street. Mm -hmm. And then finally, <laughs> um, we have Wendy Craig, who is Marvel in-house costume supervisor, which we will talk a little bit more about specifically what that is. First of all, ladies, you guys are all incredible and we're so happy to have you yes. here because- oh, thank you. As you know, we highlight all of the powerful women who've been working at Marvel. Studios has been around for 10 years and you guys have spent a significant amount um, at Studios since then. So why don't you each tell us a little bit about how you got to the career that you have, and specifically what drew you to Marvel in the superhero world. Do you kick want to it start? Off, yeah. Okay, I will kick it off. I was a gymnast for pretty much all my life and earned a scholarship to UCLA. So I moved from Northern California to Southern California because obviously UCLA is in LA. So in that time, I met quite a few people who had gone through the UCLA gymnastics team that had gotten into stunts here or there. In my scholarship, they give you five years. We don't redshirt our first year as gymnasts. So in my fifth year of school, when I was done competing in gymnastics, I just started going out on commercial auditions and that kind of thing and kind of got started that way. And within a couple of years, I had gotten a call about coming into not so much audition, but I guess it was kind of an audition for the Iron Man 2 film to double Scarlett Johansson. And just an amazing coordinator, Tom Harper, he brought in myself and another amazing woman, Bridget Riley, and just said, hey, we're gonna kind of test you both out and we want you to meet Scarlett and we'll just see, you know, who she picks or how it goes. And she really liked us both and everything, but I ended up getting the job with her and that was the beginning of being a part of this amazing Marvel family that I'm so thankful for. And I, that was 2009 and... Mm -hmm. So you have been with Scarlett ever since then? Yes, yeah, since 2009. And like for stunts, I feel like we talk about stunts so generally, but like what is sort of like your day-to-day -to, -day to do the type of things that you need to do on set? You know, it really depends on the film you're doing or prepping for. Mostly a lot of you know, regular physical fitness. I like to run, so I run a lot just keeping your cardio up. I, I do a lot of martial arts. I do a lot of gymnastics-based stuff. Yoga is the thing that keeps me. can't say I do a lot of yoga. I try to fit it in once a week because if I don't, things just they don't work the same after getting slammed, you know, into walls and stuff. But sometimes, you know, I've had a couple of films where there was a lot of driving. 
had to flip a car in one film. And so a lot of my prep, you know, I do regular workouts, but my prep was really rally schools and precision driving and that kind of stuff. So it just, you know, sometimes there's weapons training involved in that. So it's very much dependent on your film. Just a normal nine to five job. Pretty yeah. much, yeah. cars, <laughs> weapons yeah. training. It sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> Actually, yeah, it was really, it was my favorite. So when you've got a scene to do, so what happens is like Scarlett just says something awesome and then she's like, all right, Heidi, your turn. Picks <laughs> up her legs, pops some popcorn. You know what? We have a really great dynamic. Yeah. The great thing is from the beginning of this character, we came together and the character was based off us. So it was me trying to figure out how she walked and how she ran and how she was. Mm. And her getting strong and learning how to do a lot of the things that would enter into some of the bigger I don't want to say harder, but things that like, you know, getting hit by things and falling down and stuff. So we had to really work together and kind of become a team in it. So she does a lot of stuff. She comes and trains with us in the beginning of each film. At this point, you know, I choreographed her fights to her capabilities. I know the things that she's really good at. I know what she can do last minute if we have to change it. And she trusts me. Like if I say, we're going to do this here and I can teach you, you'll, be, you'll look great. She knows I don't, I'm never do anything to make her look bad. So we really do have a team dynamic, which is great. It's pretty amazing. And I think the one thing for me, like what I think would probably be the hardest is mentally. Like you just come to set and you do it or is there sort of like a thing of being like, this is kind of scary? Well, I mean, if I was ever scared to do something, I wouldn't do it. Mm. You know, there's a calculated risk in everything we do, but we calculate it, right? We don't just walk in and go, I mean, sometimes, but we don't just <laughs> usually walk in and go, okay, we're going to connect you to this wire and throw you into that thing. We take a second. We have really good stunt riggers who we trust. We start really slow, we use a sandbag first, you know, see the trajectory of the body, and we, we slowly ease into it. You get the feel of what you're doing, and then slowly we take the pads away, and you've had time to figure out how to fall without whacking your head or whatever, so. Depends on what you're doing, too. I mean, sometimes there's no prep, sometimes there's lots of prep. I would be very terrible at all of that. <laughs> I would just fail miserably Me and too. be very bruised, right? So, Danielle, like, all these incredible fight scenes, everything mm -hmm. that is being filmed, mm -hmm. footage, mm -hmm. gets to you. What do you do? What are the details of your job? Well, the visual effects department touches almost every frame of every movie that we do at this point. It's one of my favorite departments because we are one of the only teams that starts at the beginning of prep and we end at the end of finishing. We carry the whole project through from the beginning to the end. On these types of movies, tentpole movies, which have a lot of action and have a lot of CG characters and CG environments and all the, the great things that make up the visual effects team, you end up actually playing a big role in so many facets that interact with many different departments, including stunts, including costume. Like in pre-production, we're constantly trying to figure out where the art department is going because we know we're going to have to integrate with their design. Some shows have amazing illustrations and concept art that we can take and go running with, but sometimes things change and we end up having to do a lot of the concepting ourselves after the show wraps if we're developing things in post-production. So we tend to like to work very closely with the production designers and understand what their vision is if we have to carry it forward later on our own. Same thing with the costume team. You know, the visual development team starts by building the first looks of the characters. Sometimes that happens before there's even a treatment of the film. And often it happens before there's even a director. The creative producing team kind of starts to work their way into who the characters are. And then from there, the costume designer comes on. And then hopefully the character gets cast <laughs> shortly <laughs> thereafter. So we actually know what the face is supposed to look like. And then from there, depending on the character, we actually may play a big role in the design. 
uh, from everything from the obvious, which is like Thanos and Hulk and Rocket and the CG characters, but even from maybe what's not so obvious, like Skinny Steve from Captain America mm -hmm. 1, or maybe even the way that the um, Winter Soldier's arm works and articulates and moves will play a part in working on that design. So that all is part of pre-production. Previs, the visual effects supervisors typically uh, have a huge part in designing the previs and the action, working with mm -hmm. the stunt team. Depending on what is happening, like for example on Infinity War, there was a really cool scene where Thanos and Hulk were fighting at the beginning of the movie, and that was actually entirely choreographed by the stunt team. And we didn't design that, we worked with them to figure out how to do the set extensions in a good way and how to work out the camera moves when you're dealing with characters who are much bigger than the actual actors who are doing you know, the stunt fighting. But then other scenes we may take on, if we're talking about Infinity War, the scene on Titan where you have characters running around and flying and doing all kinds of effects-driven you know, gags. So that would more falls in the realm of visual effects design and we'll put that together. Or maybe another one that was a big one was like the Magical Mystery Tour when Benedict Cumberbatch learns all about all the different dimensions and he goes through this oh, yeah. kind of warping. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that was designed by you know the visual effects department along with the uh, previous department and, of course, the director. So shooting is tricky. We're there to be advisors and make sure that we get all the reference that we need and make sure that what was planned is somehow <laughs> executed <laughs> on set. Uh, and then a lot of the time it doesn't happen that way because everybody changes their mind when they get to set, and that's okay because you have to work with... The material getting from the actors, uh, and sometimes you got to be uh, creative and, and and change it up. And so we just are in the background trying to make sure, like, okay, everything's changed, and we can still handle it. Post production starts, and they assemble the cut, and we go through and see if things need to be adjusted and changed. And of course, one of my roles is to help work with casting the facilities around the world that we think are good partners for the work that we know we have to do, knowing who has expertise in certain fields and who would be a good match. We're lucky because we get to work with the greatest companies in the world. I'm so proud of all of them and the amazing R&D that they've been able to do. And then we just continue working on the visual effects, you know, as the cut gets, you know, refined and, and as they learn the pieces of the story that need to be captured in additional photography. We work with the filmmaking team to make sure that we can facilitate and accommodate all of it. And then at the end, it's like a tsunami wave <laughs> comes. <laughs> and the last, you know, eight weeks, it's like, all right, everybody, this is what we trained our whole life for. <laughs> and then like the, the shots come and it's like, <laughs> get it all in. And then boom, and then the movie's out and we're always at the premiere. And we're like, I can't believe it's done. Everyone feels like it's done, but it's not really done. We usually are still working on the movie at the premiere. Like there's still like a review we have to go to in the morning. Oh, um, <laughs> always, always. It's by then the visual effects are done, but a lot of the times it's some of the other deliverables outside the standard deliverables that we're still trying to polish up and get out the door. And so anyway, that's all happening. And then we're done. And then we just jump right onto the next one. Or usually the other one is like halfway through. So it's getting on that train. Uh, Maria, that sounds it, exhausting. And it never <laughs> yeah, I know. I just got tired. Never and the yeah, I know. <laughs> okay, yeah, just made a movie. <laughs> it's, yeah, when we wrapped Ant-Man, we had finished four tentpole movies wow. in 280 wow. days. And we all literally like crossed that finish line and then... 
<laughs> everyone just collapsed in July. What I think is so amazing is that in the beginning you started on Thor in mm -hmm. 2009, mm -hmm. and now we're on like almost the three movies a year, yeah. and there's so many more scenes. You know, we talked about how 97, 98% yep. was for Infinity mm -hmm. War. Like, is it just something that you guys have gotten used to adding more work over time, or like? It's a good question. I think tastes have changed over time. I don't want to say that everyone's gotten spoiled, but you know, maybe everyone's gotten a little spoiled. spoiled. <laughs> I feel like uh, they're <laughs> definitely spoiled. <laughs> but also I think that, listen, the audience's appetites have changed as well. I think even over the last 10 years, people have high expectations of what they want to see on the screen. And, and that's been the philosophy of the producing team at Marvel from the beginning. They've always allowed story to trump everything. Truthfully, Kevin is the driver of a lot of that. There's a relentless pursuit for perfection and excellence. There's no complacency in any way, shape, or form. If there's an opportunity to make the story better and make it a better film, they're always going to do that. And then sometimes what that means is the visual effects team needs to create the material to actually make the story happen you know, at the end of the process because you don't always know what the film needs to be until you've seen it. And then sometimes it needs to be shaped for the better. It's an iterative process. It's, mm -hmm. it's a, you know, there's drafts and then you keep drafting. I saw an interview with Lin-Manuel Miranda a while ago, and he was talking about how he made Hamilton. And they said, would you give yourself any advice? And he goes, well, if I went back in time and gave myself advice, I would say, take a whack at it. Then, you know what, take another whack at it. And then, you know what, take 10 more whacks at it. Because every time you take a whack at it, you make it better, and you make it better, and you make it better. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly what happens at Marvel. Like, there's never a feeling of, well, good as it can be. Let's put it on the shelf, visual effects, good job. You know, like, work on it for the next Next six months and I hope it looks great you know like that doesn't happen it's like no I think we can continue working this year I think we can continue working the storyline well I love Wendy's just been like laughing every single time <laughs> you're talking about the tsunami wave <laughs> and how chaotic it is yeah so I feel like you have some stories about like all the things that you need to deal with as in-house costume supervisor <laughs> She's like, oh, no. She's like, how much time do we have? I'm about the tsunami that's going to happen when the reshoots finish yeah. and everything yep. comes back. Yeah, Because right. that's, as the in-house costume supervisor, <laughs> there's so much all the time because there's three movies. There's three movies every year. There's nine balls in the air. There's three movies prepping. There's three movies in post. There's three movies shooting and... I work at the archive. Let me back up. I work at the costume archive. And when a movie is shooting and they say, oh, we need to look at the costume from Thor 2, the one he wore in the scene where this happened, I run to the continuity books and I look up that and I go out into the archive and I pull that costume and it goes to the movie for their reference. Mm -hmm. Or we're marketing Infinity War and the premiere is happening and the red carpet is happening and they want to put 21 costumes that was spectacular. It was such a really um, emotional moment for everybody to walk through the red carpet and see what the what had been put together and then that museum collection the, of all of, of the different everyone costumes. from yeah. Heimdall from the second Thor to Spider-Man to 
Doctor Strange and Quill and Gamora and Drax and everyone from the movie. Yeah. And there they are on mannequins. Right now, how are they going to up that? How do you yeah. make it the same but different and better, right? Because yeah. you know that, that what you've done people have loved, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you have to sort of make it similar because you know that works, but you have to mm-hmm. change a little bit and mm-hmm. still make it better. It's, yep. it's crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah. particularly oh, yeah. with Marvel fans, because they know. They're going to be like, I now they know that Wendy's in charge, <laughs> and that if they have the wrong costume reference, they will find you, because mm-hmm. they're very, very particular. So there's a craft to it, right? Well, that and they're particular, and they're excitable. When they see a costume out, they're thrilled. Around the Ragnarok opening, we took 10... Black Panther costumes and a half a dozen Ragnarok costumes to Comic-Con in London because we were also doing displays for the opening. And one morning as I'm there, you know, just making sure everybody's okay, a fellow comes up and he's part of the London branch of cosplay and he's talking about the Thor 1 Loki costume Mm -hmm. and how he developed it in his garage and his wife is standing there going (laughs) (laughs) and he had to buy the doll so that he could see what happened on the back of the costume because you never see the back of that costume he's always wearing the cape and he says so I did that and I developed that back plate but it still flaps it flaps and it hits me every time and I said oh that's because there's elastic that runs through the costume and it connects so that it doesn't flap every time Tom takes a step. He ran home and fixed it. <laughs> he came back two days later and was like, oh, oh, that's absolutely the perfect thing. It's like, oh, so, <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> so sweet. His wife is so like, embarrassed. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I think that's, as someone who is a cosplayer and yeah. knows a lot of cosplayers, like, yeah. it's the most accessible thing that fans can do is cosplay. And, like, the amount of hella cosplayers I've seen oh. is amazing yeah. and the amount who've gotten the headdress which oh yeah like technically was almost all visual effects yeah accurate is amazing well yeah. and before the movie was out we were you know putting the costumes out for display before the movie was out and there's Hella standing there with the big you know horns mm-hmm. how did you do that and the gladiator Thor from San Diego that year was spot on. Yeah, it's like real. They're your heroes. Do you <laughs> They're <me>? my heroes. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's awesome. Those are my superheroes. <laughs> so, Wendy, you've been in the industry for a while. You've worked on numerous films. Like, what is it I'm specifically? Old, yes. about <laughs> <laughs> Remember, she's you five. Yeah, we did exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the five comments based on the math I did earlier. But what is it specifically that's drawn you to Marvel Studios and to superheroes in particular? And I think it's a question that's relevant for all of you guys, but why don't you take that first? Well, it was dumb luck at first. I've been in film for a hundred years, yes, <laughs> and I worked the set, and I started supervising movies, and I've kind of been around the fringe of Marvel a couple of times. I supervised The Punisher, the one with Thomas Jane. I worked the set on the, the first Hulk, And then I got the chance to supervise Ant-Man. And I have to be honest, I went, okay, all right, all right. I don't know what an Ant-Man is, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I fell in love. I fell in love with the people. I fell in love with the techniques of building these costumes. It's art. It's art, and it's art that develops over the course of a character run. I mean, we at Comic-Con last year had all the Thors from every movie standing next to each other. And you can see 
how they developed the different techniques of working the fabric and the armor, and it's fun. Yeah. You know, <laughs> there's also something to be said to be working with superhero costumes, unlike you know a necessary wardrobe on a regular movie. Yeah, and they're some of the few costumes anymore that are built from the ground up every time. It's really an imaginative, collaborative process between VizDev and the costume designer and VizFX and the cutter and the ager dyer and everyone gets their hands in that soup. Mm -hmm. And the actor. Mm -hmm. Okay, the actor too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Heidi, what about you? Your, your connection to Marvel films and Black Widow in particular, like why do you think that character is so significant? Well, it's kind of the same as Wendy. Yeah. I sort of got the opportunity to do this job and work with Scarlett Johansson and of course it sounded like a really great and fun thing, but I didn't realize what I was stepping into. It is this amazing family of lovely people, and I think everything comes from the top. So the people at the top are good people, and they keep mm -hmm. good people in that tree, you mm -hmm. know? So that in itself is just amazing to be a part of. The thing with the Black Widow character, I've really fallen in love with her over the years, for sure. The, the character, not Scarlet. <laughs> I mean, maybe a little. Her too. <laughs> Fine. 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 <laughs> but no, the thing with Black Widow is she's such a prominent female superhero in this universe and she's not a superhero you know what I mean she's that's right she's mm -hmm. got no superhero power mm -hmm. her power comes from being this just fight or flight work to survive her through her whole <laughs> life right mm -hmm. she's this little Russian girl you know she's as good as she is because she's had to work for it and that's a superpower in itself there's no Spider that bit her, no offense to Spider-Man, mm -hmm. I love Spider-Man, but you know, there's nothing that like happened that she had to be like, oh, I have to get used to being amazing, you know? <laughs> it was like she had to, to work and become that superhero on her own, so that's why she resonates so much with me. Yeah, I mean, and thinking about that scene in Iron Man 2, the hallway scene, like I didn't realize that I needed a female superheroine on screen until I saw it. I still remember having chills, being like, oh, I'm really excited to see more Black Widow. Mm -hmm. And now we've got even more of her, and every time she's on screen, and every time you're on screen, it's amazing. Like, the stunts are so great. Oh, yeah. thanks. Mm -hmm. Actually, that hallway scene was so fun to do, and I loved how they did it as well, where they had Happy, the male character, like, I'm going to protect you in the front, like, <laughs> you know, throwing punches and, like, getting hit and falling <laughs> over, and she's in the background just, like, flipping around, like, no big deal, I got this. You know, it's kind of like the woman being at home, the husband comes in and is, like, going through all sorts of stuff and freaking out, and she's just like, let me clean that up for you, and I'll cook this for you, and I'll do that for you, and at the end, it's all done and taken care of. <laughs> yeah, it was really funny. It's definitely great. And obviously, Danielle, like, superheroes sort of existed. I know. In, like, the thousands. But yeah. now they exist on a different element. Totally. I know. When I started at Marvel, which is when you started, it wasn't what it is now by any means. And there was, I mean, I think by the end of Thor, there were rumors of this crazy idea of doing an Avengers movie. And we're going to build it. <laughs> I think that was maybe when I first heard about it. At the time, it was one movie that I had signed up for as a freelancer, which I had done all my career, and I did really love everybody. I did think that they were crazy, though. I remember thinking at the end of Thor, like, you people are nuts. Like, <laughs> this is not possible to do. Like, we are never going to finish. We have screwed ourselves. We have put everything at the end. And guess what? We finished everything. And I was like, I guess the joke's on me. And I had already, you know, done tons of big tempo movies before. And at that point, I had thought they had pushed it way, way past what every finish line that I could conceive of. And yet we still finished. Um, 
And, there, and every, it's, I agree with you 100%. Everybody's kind. Everybody is reasonable. There's no screaming in the hallways. There's no nasty behavior. There's not a culture of fear. It's just the exact opposite. There's a mm -hmm. culture of support. And that is a great environment to work in. I mean, there's definitely a high expectation of performance, but it's a very good energy. And I think that it definitely stems from the top, mm -hmm. 100%. Yeah, and that's why I stayed. I mean, I actually was offered Avengers when I was on Thor. I said no three times. <laughs> um, well, mostly because I thought, even though I did really love working with everyone, I thought they were crazy. Like, I thought they were crazy. And they I said, are. We all are crazy. I said, yeah. crazy. <laughs> I said if this one, which is the, the little movie of all of these movies, is this hard to do because you guys are changing everything all the time, I can only imagine what Avengers is going to be like. But... Victoria convinced me, and so I did it. Um, and actually, funny enough, Avengers ended up being uh, great because I took all those experiences on Thor, and I said, right, we need to build a bigger boat. <laughs> <laughs> and really, that's a, that's, that was my point. And so at the end of Thor, I remember the last two weeks of Thor, we didn't leave the office at all. We slept under our desk. It was pretty diabolical. Oh and... <laughs> It, it was it, it was a it was a bit of a mess, and and the funny part is is we didn't actually even have offices. We had left our our post production area at Manhattan Beach, and we had all moved to the Fox lot where they were doing the sound mix, and we weren't given offices. So there was a hallway oh outside God. the sound stage. <laughs> That was big enough for a big screen TV, and like we slammed. Everybody had like TV trays for their desk, and they also had an air conditioning unit that was broken and just like throwing cold air on us. So we all were wearing parkas and like oh, little things, God. and we stayed there for two weeks. It was pretty nuts. So I came up with a whole plan, and I presented it to Victoria, and I said, "This is what we're gonna need." And it was a big ask, and she was awesome. She was like, that's what we're going to do. We're going to do it all. I said, this is the biggest movie you guys have ever need. I'm sick and tired of MacGyvering stuff with, you know, Band-Aids and chicken wire. Like, we are going to be like a real film production, and we're going to build this, and we're going to make it great. And I had her full support. And so the first day of prep on Avengers, I started building with the eye to the last two weeks of Avengers. And actually, it worked really well. It took a long time to build, but by the time it was up and running, we were good, and when, when the tsunami hit that time, we actually had... It wasn't like, like we got blowed over like on that door. We actually had, like, a bit of a sense of what we were getting into, and, like, we had plans, and we had a drill, and we had, like, little fences built, and we knew. Did you guys so. get, like, cots and a working air conditioner? <laughs> we got office space. Oh, we actually thought about that. And by Victoria, you meant specifically Victoria Alonzo, who is the EVP of special effects and production at Marvel Studios? Uh, she, yeah, she's the EVP of production. Yes, and mm -hmm. she's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Lots of life. I've yeah. hugged her many times. She's yeah, great. she's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, she was actually on our panel at San Diego Comic-Con. Oh my God, like five something years ago. Yeah. It was so long ago. I mean, when I think about, Victoria, I think about family, you guys talked about yeah. this. Like, we talk about on our podcast how Marvel Comics is a family. Like, obviously, Sama's been here like nine years. I've been here 12. We stayed for the family. And when I, you know, started getting into production and noticing sets, sets are, like, totally like family. Mm -hmm. Like, you guys spend all day together. You never mm -hmm. see your family members. Like, yeah. it's kind of crazy. I think a lot of people see the people at work more than their families just because mm -hmm. you're there for so many hours. But with us, it's like, it's a family affair. Like, we're all in the kitchen 
doing what we need to do to make the dinner. And it's, it's crazy how much you have to work together. And not every film's like that, you know. A lot of times the departments are very separate. Mm -hmm. And they kind of do what they need to do and it's almost like they don't help each other out so much, whereas... And a lot of that has to do with the fact that most productions are sort of like pop-up tents mm -hmm. and then they, you know, everybody gets together, everybody does a movie, and then everybody disbands. Sure. Where here, there's been so much continuity of crew between all of the different sequels and franchise, you know, films, sure, yeah. that now there's a shorthand amongst the crew and we all know each other really well and we're used to working with one another and so it just makes things that much more efficient. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I mean, that happens so much with costume because I'll come in to start be doing the, we'll be testing out the Black Widow suit and pretty soon someone comes out with like <laughs> a set of boots, right, that are supposed to be healed and uncomfortable. Like, okay, so this time we worked in this light sneaker for any of those big things you have to do where you're running, you know, they're already thinking ahead, ahead of like how can they help. You mm -hmm. know, it's just, it's really, it's amazing. I think that's so interesting of learning about costuming is that there's not just one costume. There's one main superhero costume, but maybe they have three versions of that where like some of them are beaten up. But then you also need like a double, but you also need a stunt. So like, you know, thinking about Wasp helmet, you know, her helmet is the actual helmet, but the stunt double also needed a helmet that was safety. And, mm -hmm. I, and that's something that you don't actually think about that's so important. Like, obviously you've never had to wear a helmet, so probably a good thing. <laughs> but like... <laughs> but no, like, there, no, there are for the, the helmets. There's a, a rubber helmet. There's helmets that don't have the face plate with just the dots around so that they can put the they put the face plate in some of them have lenses some don't because you want to see the actor's eyes and then put the red lens over it it's a lot so each of you guys have accomplished like so much throughout all of your careers what person has really helped mold what your career is now who are those important people mentors are there, you know, specifically women who you feel like have helped guide you to this? And it doesn't need to be like an old boss. It could be your mom, whoever it is that you feel like has had an impact to make you decide this is what you want to do. This is who I want to be. Linda Hamilton, Terminator 2. Mm. <laughs> nice. She, she's yeah. on every vision board I have. <laughs> be Linda Hamilton. Oh, I see that. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. I think about her as an actress and what she really did. To me, she's one of the first real female superheroes because mm -hmm. yeah. you look at Terminator 1 and the character and who she was there, and you skip to Terminator 2, and she's literally, she's got muscles as big as me. She's, yeah. She so embodied that character, and she worked so hard. She was awesome. Be, like, that character had ultimate to work. Ultimate badass. You know, ultimate badass, right? And just I just have so much respect for her as an actress doing that because that's hard. Maybe Sigourney Weaver in Alien too mm -hmm. at that mm -hmm. time. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's that's a good one too. Danielle, who do you? Who, who's yours? Oh, Victoria for me. Yeah. I mean, Victoria has been. She's absolutely my mentor. She's taught me so much. She supported me. She's an amazing sounding board. She's a great manager. She's a great boss. She's um, wicked smart. Makes great decisions. Is such a force of positivity for all of us. You know, some, she wears many hats. A lot of the time she wears the hat of psychiatrist for everybody <laughs> who comes to her with this, like, her card. <laughs> I yes. know, with this, oh my God, we can't do it. And she's like, yes, you can. Yes, you can. And sometimes that's what the team needs yeah. just to get that boost of confidence to go back in that room and keep going. Um, and I love her for it. She's like fearless. And so anyway, 
I think that she's been just great. I think that, you know, for women, it's so important to have another woman in the room. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if it's your boss, even better, right? Mm -hmm. Just to have someone else to be in the room when you're like, hey, I have a question about why there are no female characters in this thing. Can we do a female? <laughs> and there's someone else to be like, oh, yeah, totally. Like, I think that it's also to have a female, you know, opinion sometimes mm -hmm. it can be, you know, Certainly, in certain ways, satisfying. <laughs> totally. But yeah, I think that's so important that, you know, and you're so lucky to have someone in the room with oh, you. Oh, yeah, and she doesn't shy away from voicing her opinion. <laughs> she definitely, if she has an opinion about something, she is definitely going to let it be known. And she actually does bring up the fact that she wants um, gender parity. That's very important to her. And being that she is in a position of hiring, she doesn't just say it. She walks the walk as well. So that's why I think there are as many women at Marvel as there are. There isn't exactly gender parity, but um, we're definitely working towards that. Men and women think differently, and we need both. We, we need each other. Not that I wouldn't want to work in an all-female company, but there's just, especially when you're making a film and being creative, right? Mm -hmm. And you have four men doing one thing, and a woman comes in and goes, oh, well, what if you did this? Like, oh my gosh. And same thing with a man. Like, well, it's really nice that we can work together in the way that we do and well, contribute. A female character will never be authentic if there aren't female voices contributing right. to her character. And um, being that half the world is women and half the audience is going to be women, it has to ring true to them too. Wendy, what about you? Who is that person for you? There's been a few through my career. There were a couple of women supervisors yeah. that when I was working the set that I started patterning my life after. Uh, Margot Baxley and Linda Matthews. And Linda just supervised Captain Marvel. So, been friends all the years. And then um, a couple of costume designers who shoved me towards thinking outside the box. When dressing people, when looking at my career, Marit Allen and Sammy Sheldon have both been very instrumental in shoving me, you know, through the next door. Speaking of shoving people out the door, I feel like everyone sort of needs, like we talk a lot about having allies and finding the right people who are going to help build you up. So you guys are sort of now that. Maybe even drawing upon some of the challenges that you guys have faced towards you know, your ultimate goals, but what is that very simple piece of advice that you would pass on? Well, I would say there are no limits. Anything is really achievable, and I know that sounds maybe silly, but it's really not and we know that from what we do that, you know, she makes creatures that don't exist, and now they do. Never put a ceiling on anything. Never say, I'd love to do that, but that's not something I can do. That would be my biggest piece. I gotta be honest with you, I could never do what she does. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, never in a million I years. I get you there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you there can. is in the universe. Cut, where cut to the workout training montage. Yeah. Yeah. We're all start doing push-ups on, on the set. Secret <laughs> line of Marvel vodka. <laughs> We should start uh, that. <laughs> What's happening now? Oh, <laughs> it's hard to say. I don't know if I have one piece of advice. I guess I would say be humble, work hard, get your foot in the door. When you're at the bottom of the rung, prove yourself. Ha you know, get the coffees, do it with a smile on your face. Look around, see what needs to happen. Don't wait for people to ask you to do things. Be cognitive yourself of what you want or what you think has to be happening. Those are the people who are naturally leaders and who will eventually make their way up on the ladder quickly. Everybody who sits around and waits to be told what to do and maybe doesn't want to do the dirty things. I don't know that they have a future in the film industry because it's so highly competitive. And so I would say be a hard worker. 
pick up the trash. That's yeah. nice. No, pick up the sometimes trash. you're pepper pots and sometimes you're just taking out the trash. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's true. I've always said you just you have to work hard. The more you know, the more employable you are. So learn everything that someone's willing to teach you. Listen. Listen to what's going on around you. Don't always think you have to be the biggest voice in the room. What's important is the, the reason why we've always sort of wanted to do this conversation is that women work in this industry and mm -hmm. that like people at home can know that there are opportunities for them. And it's never too late to start in any industry. Mm -hmm. Like it's never too late. But you have to be willing to start at the bottom. That's true. And I've, had, I've book, definitely, yeah. I, you know, I had a, a really interesting interview once with a woman who had had a family and she had been a stay-at-home mom for many years and her passion had always been to work in film and now she wanted to break into the industry. And it was like, you realize you're going to have to start at the beginning because you don't have any experience in this particular craft. She's like, but I can do all these things. I'm like, I believe you. And I believe that if you have that great attitude that you're going to go quickly up the ranks, but you're still going to need to prove yourself from the beginning. She took my advice and she did take a, an entry level position and thrived in it. So she she did make it. She knew no limits. <laughs> yes. 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 Yeah. <laughs> so uh, prove yourself and pick up the trash and, and there anything is possible, right? So what, yes. what we're saying is we should make some woman a Marvel trash bag. I love it. Doing it from New York Comic Con. Um, so thank you guys so much. This has been so incredible. I just have to say on a very personal note like it's so amazing to see the three of you you've given such an incredibly important contribution to Marvel Studios over the last 10 years and beyond and hopefully so 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 much more thank you for sharing your thoughts and your insights and hopefully you guys will come back and hang out with us yeah thanks for having us invite us yeah. back thank yeah. you yeah. Yeah. what a great thing you guys are doing uh, another 10 plus years of Marvel Studios with some exciting movies including one I'm very excited Thanks again to Danielle, Heidi, and Wendy for joining us. It was sort of one of these like magical experiences where like internally I was super fangirling, but externally I was like trying to be like the perfect host of a podcast. And I'm sure hopefully all of you guys also enjoyed it. Also, we have some super exciting news. So we talked about the Wolverine the Long Night, the fictional scripted podcast that we did earlier this year. And in lieu of that, we have now just announced our second second season, Wolverine The Lost Trail. Richard Armitage reprises his role as Logan for this exciting 2019 series. So stay tuned. I'm sure we'll have more news for you as we gear up for the release. As always, if you guys have questions or suggestions, you can email us at womenof at marvel.com or you can tweet at Marvel with hashtag womenofmarvel. Plus make sure you guys are checking out our Instagram. It's the woman of Marvel. And that's it. We will see you guys next time. This is Marvel, your universe.